Hey, Joey Mills here with Pop Goes the Culture Podcast, bringing you another bonus episode of the podcast. I had the opportunity this month to talk once again with some of the writers of the television series Legends of Tomorrow, and we talked a little bit about last season's crazy epic season finale, a little bit about their process as far as uh, crafting the new season, and we had a good time, and we hope you enjoy listening to that interview. All right, first of all, thank you, Morgan, for putting this together again, and thanks to everyone for taking the time to talk. Uh, first, if you would, just kind of go around the room and introduce yourselves, uh, and whatever you want to talk, I mean, you could tell us your first and last name, how many seasons you've been with the show, where you're from originally, you know, right. whatever you want to talk about, so. Sounds good. You want to start, start Ty? Okay. Uh, it's nice talking to you again. I'm Tyron Carter, yeah. and I'm staff writer of Legends of Tomorrow. Hey, I'm Morgan Faust, um, and I'm a story editor on Legends of Tomorrow. It's my second season with the show. My name is Keto Shimizu. I'm an executive producer on the show, and this is my third season on the show. Hi, I'm uh, Matthew Mala. Um, I'm also a writer on the show. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Jackie Canino. I'm the writer's assistant on Legends, and this is my second year on the show. But she's also writing her first episode as we speak. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and uh, I'm Daphne Miles. I'm the script coordinator, and this is also my second year. And she has also written for the show as well. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Very good. Well, thank you very much again, for everybody, for taking the time, especially if you're in the throes of writing an episode. So, uh, sure, we just had two of our writers, producers come in and they had to, they missed lunch, so they're eating lunch now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, so, first off, I mean, it's for us, it's been, you know, a good six months since we spoke. So, how has everyone's summer been? I know. You guys have been busy, uh, not just writing on the show, but you know, I follow most of you on social media, so I know a lot of you have been very busy throughout the summer. So tell us a little bit about how your summer's been. Who wants to go first? It's the summer. Yeah. And it's yeah, odd. It's, it's October, but... So it's the opposite <laughs> summer. Yeah. When everyone else is, is vacationing, we are working really, really hard. <laughs> and uh, when everyone else is, you know, wrapping up their semesters at school or whatever, <laughs> we are like in the throat. We are, that's when we're... We have free time, and we're like, "Hey, what's where's everybody?" <laughs> so, talk to that a little bit because it is kind of odd for us. I mean, we see you know the season finale in April ish in the spring, and then outside of a few press pieces or convention type things, maybe some you know press photos, releases, stuff like that, we don't really see anything from the viewer side until the fall again. So, talk to us a little bit about the timeline, about when you guys are working, and how that how that whole production schedule works for you guys that we don't see you know, as viewers. Yeah, well, I mean, you start up in May and, and June and you're really trying to paint like the big picture of where are we going and what are the big ideas we're playing with. And, you know, then you start getting specific episodes are, you know, being created and delivered pretty, I don't know, when did we start writing episode one? Uh, May. I mean, that was, that went up on the board at the beginning by the middle of May and then it was being written, um, I think, by end of May, start of June. And then uh, that first episode went into production at the beginning of July. Right. Um, and we've been in this mad dash ever since of, you know, making sure we have enough scripts, you know, in the bank, so to speak, before right. uh, they're up on the docket for pre-production and, and then production. But at this point in the season, we're sort of at that point where it's like, if we have a script that's gone through studio and network notes before 
the first day of prep, we are in like amazing shape. <laughs> right. So, yeah, we're just trying to like keep up with the the production monster, which is devouring eight pages of script a day. Right. <laughs> yeah. So talk to that a little bit as well. Um, for you individually, collectively, um, do you prefer kind of that? I don't want to call it a vacuum because you're getting feedback from, you know, production, but you know, there's nothing's been aired. So you're kind of writing and you're, you know, you're doing your thing as opposed to within a couple of weeks, things are going to be out and you're going to, I don't know how much you pay attention to the critics or the stuff that on social media or whatever, but you're starting to get feedback coming in, which of those is preferable or does it matter? Are they kind of a different beast or not? Or there's definitely pros and cons to both. Um, there's definitely a freedom in not having the immediate feedback of us, you know, just putting out what we want to put out and, you know, using our own judgment and, and certainly not being swayed yay or nay in one direction by, by our critics. But um, it can also be frustrating because we're, we are at this point where we've been working very hard for six months right. now. And, and also the cast has been working really hard in production, everyone and, and post, everyone's been firing on all cylinders. And we're really proud of what we've created thus far, but no one's seen anything. Right. So, right. so we're, you know, it's, and for, you know, it's, 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 it's exhausting work. And, um, you know, we're, we're at that point where we've broken and written more than half of our season mm -hmm. at this point, but no one's seen anything. And that it's, it's tough. It's like, this is probably one of the most, odd and precarious right. points of our season where we are kind of getting drained and are really trying to push forward to the end but um, don't have that like that energy that comes from people seeing it and loving it or we're not loving it which is right <laughs> but like, you know, we're at the end of the day we're really proud of what we've created and we can't wait to share it with people and we even and you know for most of the episodes last season we got together as a room and watched the episodes at each other's houses, which yeah. is such a fun way to celebrate each other and the work that the whole team does. But it also reminds you like, oh my gosh, that's right. This episode was like, that performance was so powerful or that, that connection between those two people, like that really pops. And it sometimes I think it really kicks a story back into gear later in the season. Sometimes when we get reminded at like, uh, at, at when we see them on television, what um, what stories we were connecting with at the beginning of the season um, and how to bring them, you know, maybe at the end we can sort of pay them off because we get to see them again as a group on television really in its finished form. Very good. Uh, last time we spoke was just ahead of the season three finale. And of course we were protecting spoilers, but you guys, <laughs> most of you, I think I spoke to four of you then, um, really downplayed how... Um, crazy that episode was <laughs> I feel like I warned you. <laughs> you you did a little bit I mean, well you did but and you did a good job of setting up um how the Bebo Day script was one of those that was kind of shelved and then things happen and you pull it out and it changes the course of the rest of the season um obviously you can't plan for those types of happy accidents um is that sort of, I mean, and again, that's a big one for last season. Do those happen more frequently than we watching viewers realize? Or is that more of a, hey, you know, if you pull off two or three of those over the course of the series, you've, you've done well? Or is that, are you finding things like that every once in a while that you're just like, oh, wow, that, that could really play here? And Yeah, I mean, I think for us, it's really about like what is working um, on screen and like what people respond to and what we respond to. I think, you know, it's one thing on the board, it's another in the script, it's another once it's shot and it's, it, it, things are 
constantly evolving. So I think once we finally see something and, and again, like all the ingredients are working together, that's when we're like, oh, that was something special. And like, we should, you know, do something more with that. Or, you know, likewise, on, in the other, on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, okay, that doesn't quite work. Well, maybe <laughs> don't need to pay that off. Um, so yeah, like, and they happen all the time. Those, those sorts of things do happen all the time where something that was a sort of throwaway joke or um, just any kind of joke or, yeah. or, or something that, that, you know, surprised us um, on the day or in the cut, you know, becomes something more important later on because it works. You know, it's, it's we're definitely uh, responding to, um, to the storytelling that really feels right and is fun and, um, you know, makes us all laugh or cry. <laughs> I know we touched on this a little bit of last time as well, but you know this show experiences a fair amount of cast and character turnover. Um, you've got some new tools in the toolbox um, this season. Tell us a little bit about some of the maybe not pros and cons isn't the right way, but to to the, the wrong term to use. Um, but tell us a little bit about some of the ways that it can kind of re-energize a show after a few seasons when you get to play with a new character or a character you know, a, a cast member that's now full-time as opposed to just a recurring member. Does anyone here have a big Constantine episode to talk about writing a new voice on the show? It's fun just seeing what his character does to, like, the typical resolution of some of the stories. I think, like, when you're in the fourth season of a show, there's usually, like, a thing that might happen in, like, the fourth or sixth act. But when you have a character like John Constantine coming through, Maybe he bucks some of those conventions, and it's been fun for us to play with that this season. And just on like a production level, like having that new energy from, mm -hmm. you know, certainly from Matt, but from any of the new characters that we have um, playing more of a full-time role this season, like it, they just bring a new energy. And for again, for a show that like ours that does change every season, it is really exciting to see every year how those dynamics are going to change and how. Um, you know, a character or an actor who gets to play a different side of their of, of their uh, character, um, just how it shifts the dynamics between people, and in a lot of cases, elevates everything because people are like, "Ooh, this is different. This mm -hmm. is yeah, that's new." You know, and and our actors respond to it, and therefore we do too. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, and I think Jess is another great example of that who plays uh, Ava where, you know, Sarah Lance has been a character that has been around since the very beginning of Arrow. So right. she's a character we've been living with for seven years, kind of across these shows, and we've seen lots of different sides of her. But now having Ava on the show, we're able to see this, like, softer, romantic, really fun side of her come out. And so now having that character play an even bigger part this season... It's a really exciting to watch that character and watch the actresses work together and just explore a whole new dynamic of a character that we've known for so long. And we have this you know, insanely large, talented cast and a great relationship with them. And when someone like Jess or Matt comes and they embody their character so fully, We'll be up there on set and they might, you know, tell us something that's been exciting for them to do or working for them or something they've been thinking about. And we always listen and then try to bring it back into the room and say, you know, this is something they're really excited about. Is there, you know, someplace we can use that? And, you know, I think when we do and it all works, it leads to a great right. yeah. piece of, you know, a big piece of scene work. 
Now, we again, being on the outside looking in, as far as production goes, I know each of you contributes overall to every part of it, but and maybe this is wrong, maybe it's a misconception, but talking with friends and others who watch the show, does does one or more of you, do you, do you embody, if you need a Ray line, do you go to Matt? If you need, you know, so, do, I mean, how, how does, not necessarily ownership of the characters, but is there somebody that feels the responsibility to be like, well, yes, but maybe we should try this, or this feels more like the character, or... Or do you, I mean, I'm sure you all contribute to that, but is there, can you point to somebody in the room and say, okay, well, that's kind of the go-to when we need a Sarah moment or? I mean, we're all, we're all pretty good at, at, at that. We're all kind of crazy people have voices in our head. So it's like when it really comes to that, that blank page and that's like having to channel the characters. I feel like everyone's really good at it. And certainly there are people whose stronger suit is the humor. And then there are others who are really good at making those heartbreaking character moments and then we all love the genres that we get to dip into so there's always that excitement <coughs> I think from everyone when we're like oh we're doing more yay you know like we get all we all nerd out about that stuff um but yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily there's any one person who <laughs> is like we're all right know, the, the protector of, uh, <laughs> of someone's voice I think certainly like we pitch a lot in the room of jokes and and one-liners and and uh you know pivotal phraseology like often we'll go on the board and that's that's often a group discussion anyway so that'll often mm -hmm. end up in that outline so that's always a nice guide for the writer who has to write that scene to like be like okay these are the things that the room came up with and like oh yeah that's great i'll use that or maybe i won't use that or maybe i'll improve that and you know it's it's all a it's all incredibly collaborative and i guess it's probably an advantage of being in season four because with some of these characters we've been living with them long enough now mm -hmm. that you can just hear be like okay this that, that character wouldn't say that, but this character might, and they'd say it this way, and you know, you have so much uh, history now to sort of dip into to understand who you're writing for. Yeah, and suddenly eight characters all talking in a scene is not as daunting as it used to be after writing for the show for three years. Or right, like, now that we have oh yeah, it's like, oh yeah, and then, and then he grumbles that, and then she makes that joke, and then he does it, and then she gives a command, and then it's like, it's like, yeah, like I said, we're all crazy. <laughs> Very good. We know that this season we are dealing with the myths and monsters part of the DC universe. Has there been a point where you've been like, you know, oh, this would be this DC character. It would be a great obscure deep cut for the fans and then had to come back and say, well, you know what? Let's just put a unicorn there <laughs> because that's more accessible to the viewers or any other creature like that. We are all big fans of the comics and of the DC universe, and uh, but this season especially, we've really taken it upon ourselves to um, to sort of free ourselves of that and to really make this this Legends universe sort of our own. So we haven't really been dipping that much into the DC well for our characters or for our, our, our myths and creatures because we do find it so much more liberating to just do our own spin on a classic character or something yeah. from another mythology or another religion or something like just really putting a legend spin on something that people think they understand from their childhood or you know legends myths whatever that uh, that they grew up reading or watching um, we started taking upon ourselves to do that so less less with the diving into the DCU and more into just the pantheistic U. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Very good. What can you tell us about the upcoming season without spoiling anything? Because I don't want to be that guy. But as far as time periods, creatures, character relationships, what are some of the things that you guys are excited to be writing this season that you can share that isn't too spoilery? One thing that's really, I think, exciting about this season and the episodes that are coming in and looking fantastic is that we are really looking at a lot of different cultural legends and myths and going to lots of different parts of the world. And um, I think, you know, we always try to do that, but I, I just really, I look at the board and I think, oh my God, we were there for here and there for here. And it feels like we're really visiting a lot of interesting places this year and creatures and stories that... Um, Maybe we're introducing them to some people, which would be really cool. Yeah. Very it's, good. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really fun season. And I think that, uh, again, I people think they know a version of, uh, of a myth and, or a creature, <laughs> and we are going to tell you that you are wrong. You do not know that thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what's already in the trailers. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Like, what are we going to build on? Well, yeah. I think Unicorn is very much in the trailer. You know it? Yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I think it's just going to be a really fun ride, and there are great character moments. And again, like having Maisie Richardson Sellers on the show again, but in a different way, has been mm -hmm. so fun. Mm -hmm. And um, introducing uh, Ramona Young into the mix has been great. And having uh, more Gary. Yeah, more yeah. Gary. <laughs> America demanded it. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, and, and really building out the world of the Time Bureau and yeah. having Tom Wilson. He's been so wonderful to write, and he's been just a delight on screen. Like, we're, yeah, it's it's so so many fun things happening this year. Very good. And ultimately, I think the richness, you know, you've got all of this happening, but really it's our characters growing and relating and, and seeing new sides of them that I think keeps making this such a rewarding show to write for because you just keep finding, you know, new ways to throw people into an unexpected situation. And then what do they learn from it? Yeah. One of the things I know that, that lands really well with the audience is how pop cultural referential the show is. Um, not just the one-liners that are kicked out, but how this is the horror episode. This is the ET episode. This is the alien episode, whatever the case may be. Um, is there anything that we, the viewers, should be aware of, familiar with, heading into this season as far as storyline, structure, anything like that? <laughs> no, I mean, I, th I think that most of the genres that we dip into are fairly well-loved and recognizable. And I'm thinking of the first six that are in the canon. I feel yeah. like they all sort of have that that genre spin on them that is like, okay, this is this episode and this, you know, and I, I do think that everyone will feel familiar, but, um, but definitely surprising in the way that we venture into it. Very good. Uh, let's see. I wanted to ask a little bit about the crossover um, because for the first time, the legends team is not a part of the crossover. From a production standpoint, <laughs> believe it or not, I, I believe that's out now. Uh, from a production standpoint, in the past, has that been something that's been an extra wrinkle that's been tough to manage and you get a little bit of a breather this time? Or is it just, how does that work for you guys? I mean, it's a monumental challenge, uh, the crossover for all the shows that end up involved. It's 
even just from the script stage or breaking stage, breaking stage, it's crazy complicated because you have all these different showrunners all together figuring out what's going to happen on which show. And then writing, you have to sort of coordinate with on the script coordinators, as you remember. It was like crazy. Lots of meetings. Yeah, yeah. a lot of meetings <laughs> and figuring out exactly how everything is slugged and how all the timelines work. We definitely and, didn't ever want to be in the same space for too long because if something happened to all four of us, get hit by yeah. a bus or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then of course the scheduling and dealing with all the actor schedules they're still producing their own shows and doing this thing like it's 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 an incredible task and the fact that they have pulled it off this many times and that we pulled it off last year you know it's is really a testament to our production crew and the staff and everything um i think that this year you know they they decided not to include us for whatever reason, but yeah. you know we we took that as an opportunity to you know just continue on our season path because there definitely is sort of a break that you have to take in order to tell the crossover story right. that does naturally fit in with the flow of, of your natural season and all the shows are going to experience right. this. Yeah. But and last year, you know, we were able to sort of pop on into the adventure at, at, at the right time, but. Um, you know, it was nice to be free of that this year and just to streamline our own thing. But we did not make it easier on ourselves, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the episode that will air the same week as the crossover yeah. is the most bonkers thing we've ever done. So I think, uh, yeah, just, you'll, you'll see it when you when you see it and you'll understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> that was going to be, um, yeah, a follow-up question. Was... And it's things very difficult for ourselves. <laughs> very good. One more question before I let you guys go, because I know you're hard at work. What, other than the show, I know it's kind of tough when you're in the weeds sometimes, but pull yourselves out of that. What other art across all mediums, TVs, movies, books, whatever, are you guys individually digging on right now? What is that? What is what is hitting with you currently? I've been watching a lot of horror comedies this month. I've been like getting very end of September beginning of October, I've been trying to watch like one crazy horror comedy. A lot of fun. And it helps with our show just tonally. I know you always come in with like a great like, this crazy thing, what do you think of this <laughs> Um Let me see, I'm watching Magician season three. I'm reading uh, Rosencrantz and Gilded's Turn Are Dead. Oh, no, you have um, answers. <laughs> And a lot of curious George. Oh man, yeah. I have these days. I I'm, I'm also a mom like Morgan, but she definitely uses her free time much better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm uh yeah. I uh man, I feel like I'm catching up on a lot of things that I've missed. Um, I finally started like the Americans, which apparently is amazing, and I just missed it. <laughs> like finally, okay, I'm doing this. Um, but yeah, other than that, I, I love horror movies. Love horror movies. I'm always looking out for those. And um, and uh, I think like one of my favorite recent shows is uh, uh, American Gods. I really love that, and and that's because I love Neil Gaiman and I love the book and I love that whole Sandman universe and um, I big fan of so. Um, I don't know. I'm not reading Rosencrantz and Gilbert's <laughs> You're not. But, uh, <laughs> um, I watched Bob's Burgers last night. That's such a good show. Um, I was raving about Top Chef Junior at lunch. <laughs> um, that's good. Oh, Bojack Horseman. Everybody Bojack Horseman. Yes. Horseman. It's so good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I read books. <laughs> <laughs> Tolstoy. 
Yeah, I know. I'm blanking on like any like smart books that <laughs> yeah. I've read recently, but um, I still read a lot of the DC comics, um, especially the Vertigo stuff. They've started doing new stuff in the Sandman universe. That's awesome. Um, and then on TV, I feel like since we're working on an hour long, even though it has comedic elements, it's more relaxing for me at home to watch half hours. So mm -hmm. I've been catching up on a lot of BoJack Horseman, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yes. Good Place, yes. like just watching mm -hmm. a lot of that. And it feels like you can just like relax without constantly having in the back of your mind, like what's the structure of this? Should <laughs> I be thinking about this more? Uh, I just finished uh, one of my other favorite shows, One on Earth. Season three, love that show. Uh, I'm about to finish Man in the High Castle season three. A lot of season threes. Yes, yeah. A lot of season threes, but I, I agree. I love Brooklyn Nine Nine and and uh, The Good Place. Uh, just delightful, happy shows. Um, yeah. And I will say, I feel like in the room, the, like the variety of things that people are into, like it's so amazing where ideas come from. Whether it be a personal <laughs> thing that happened to you or a podcast, like. You know, I feel like podcasts actually people yeah, have, like a lot of stuff. Reference. Yeah, just like a historical. I've been listening to something about a big art heist, and it's like, oh, you didn't think that'd be useful, but it turns out like that. You know, ideas could come out somewhere else, and you know, having such a like amazingly eclectic group of people, wonderful, kind, smart people, but everyone coming from such a different background with different interests, I think really infuses the show with so much of the heart and humor that it has. No, I agree. Well, I can't thank you guys again enough uh, for taking the time to speak to us. I'm excited for this season. Um, I've said for, I guess, four years now, this is the most fun episode, episodic <laughs> program on television, I think. Um, sh shameless plug, I'll be uh, doing the recaps for comingsoon.net this season, so that'll be a good time. Yeah, yay me. Um, so we certainly encourage folks to tune in. The new season of Legends of Tomorrow kicks off on Monday, October the 22nd. Thank you again. We've, uh, we've done... The finales and the premieres. We're gonna have to do this every six months or so. Get together and uh, and catch up. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys taking the time today. Thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Bye. See you guys later. Thank you. <laughs>